Hey everybody, welcome to the Cast. I'm your host, Charlie Behrens. This is the podcast where we talk to people for and or from the Midwest. We are brought to you by Jolly Good Soda, and here is today's episode. Hey folks, welcome to another episode of the Cast. We've got Gilbert Brown, the legendary Green Bay Packer, Super Bowl 31 champion, um... One of the first Packers jerseys I had was his. So excited to have him on the show. Um, and in the studio for this intro, I'm joined by Colleen Maraca, executive producer of the Cripes Cast. Colleen, it's beginning to look a lot like spring. I know. I can feel it in my eyes and my nose. I'm suffering a lot from the spring hay fever. Is it spring fever? Something? Something. You so know, sorry if you guys hear me a lot. Well, way to really dive that into the microphone they say <laughs> that it's not officially spring in wisconsin until uh robin gets two snows on his back and i think the robins have had many a snow there was like three inches four inches in green bay this past weekend wow over to you in sports <laughs> like what That's was a, i saying you that? Sounded like such a weather guy was i yeah. there was Three inches in Green Bay this weekend, and uh, tomorrow night we've got partly sunny skies. With a high of 80. Yeah, I know. Um, It's a beautiful day out. Uh, I've got, um, let's see, I'm going to go biking after work today, I've decided. Yeah. Where are you going to go? I'm going to go mountain biking. Um, Are there good trails around here? Yeah, there's some beautiful mountain trails. You know, that's just a great way for me to like let the day just, I feel like as I'm biking, I feel like I'm caked in the mud of the day. But then as I go, it just kind of like falls off. Mm-hmm. Kind of like when you drive through the mud on the highway or you drive through the mud, you're out there mudding. And then um, mm. you, you get on the highway and it just, all the mud, you can just hear it popping off your car. Oh yeah. Is that relatable? Mine's kind of a snow because I don't really like snow. I don't really brush it off. I just oh. kind of like let you're one of those God people, do its thing. You're one of those people who doesn't. Yeah. That's very dangerous. You know. I do enough to see. Yeah, you do enough to see, but then you got that caked on snow on the top of your car, and then you're driving, you hit 65, and then just gets taken by the wind, and then right on someone else's windshield, you're and then re- crash. <laughs> I'm a sound effect machine. Sorry, That's ladies nice. and gentlemen. Sorry, sorry. That's sorry. nice that you're doing. Are you going with anybody? Are you just going to go get lost in the woods? No, I just go by myself. Home? That'll be nice. Yeah. I need a lot of alone time. Yeah, I feel like that's necessary for everybody. Yeah. So that's a nice way of saying you're not special, Charlie. Love some alone time. It's an underrated uh, thing that, um, you know, growing up in a family of 12, not a lot of alone time. Right. Exactly. So it's probably nice to just. Yeah. I would often go biking as a kid to kind of, you know, you know. And how did that make you feel? Let's unpack that. Let's go with that. Are you are you redoing the uh, basketball sketch? No, By the I'm way, just, when is our basketball game? I feel like I we talk about say, that all the time. If it's nice out tomorrow, let's plan some time. I'm not going to go in my jeans. Okay. Um, but let's if we plan out a time, I can get all my gear set up. Well, I got to practice, so we're going to push it out. I thought a you said you were weeks. good. I'm good, but good people practice. We all know that. Um, so, <laughs> Colleen... Um, we have an awesome little giveaway here, by the yes, way. Yes, we do. Gilbert uh, was nice enough to uh, just um, load us up with a bunch of stuff from the Gilbert Brown Foundation and also just a few different uh, charities he's working with and a few different cool things. So 
Um, during this podcast, um, or I guess the social videos from this podcast that we post on Instagram, Facebook or Instagram, if you're like, that's where we have the most people seeing us. So if you comment on our social video on Facebook or Instagram, find us at Cripescast. You are entered to win a package, um, from Gilbert Brown. Uh, it's so nice to send this stuff over. So we have a Dorsey Levin's jersey. We've got a Winters jersey. We've got a Gravedigger jersey. We've got a Jones jersey. Um, and we're going to send out six different packages uh, of these uh, jerseys in addition to, and they're all signed jerseys, signed Packers jerseys. All right. So in addition to the jerseys, we are giving you um, two tickets to the 2023 boat tour. That's October 6th. And it's going to include Gilbert Brown, Santana Dodson's going to be there, Dorsey Levins, Frank Winters, uh, Tyrone Williams, Doug Evans, and more. All these guys are going to be there. It's going to be a ton of fun. We are, in addition, going to give you camping gift certificates to any Waco campground uh, that they got out there. Uh, you just mentioned the gift certificate when you're making your reservation. You get $100 off. You present the gift certificate when you get there. It's It's awesome. Great way to see Wisconsin, honestly, is to camp or to get out there with your RV or whatever. And uh, really cool. I mean, these uh, gift certificates will help with, you know, the campground uh, fees and all that. So there's no better way to experience Wisconsin than being outdoors. And shout out to Gilbert Brown, the Gilbert Brown Foundation uh, for making this stuff happen. Um, and, uh, just so you guys know, the Gilbert Brown foundation supports, uh, over 156 charities in Wisconsin, the money that's raised in Wisconsin stays in Wisconsin. There are 501 C3 and their team works so hard to put this and all the events, no administrative costs. Um, and so, you know, uh, check it out. They've got, um, the 2023 legends weekend, which I'm also just letting everybody know about, but that's a great event if you're looking um, to just see all these great Packers and support Gilbert Brown uh, and Gilbert Brown Foundation and everything he does for this state. And that's really what um, what I like about uh, Gilbert is, is such an interesting guy, such a funny dude. Um, in this podcast, we talk about everything from his car collection to the whole Aaron Rodgers saga that was going on at the time of the interview. <laughs> Um, and, uh, a whole lot more, but uh, Gilbert, you know, him as the grave digger. That was one of the celebratory dances I used to do on the playground. So, um, after what, like kickball or four square? No football. I was playing football on the playground, Colleen. Yeah. I was, I was a badass football footballer on the playground. I could launch the ball. Yes. Mm. It was a Nerf ball, (laughs) but I could really get it going. You know what those really good Nerf balls were with the ones that had like the black, um, like it was the Nerf football and then it had like the black seam on it and it had like the finger things, <laughs> you know, <laughs> black seam and the finger. Yeah. Things? It was like, it was really, I, obviously I played a lot, but, um, it was like Nerf ball, Nerf football, black seams, these, Oh, yeah, those were sweet. I don't know. Those yeah. are really cool. Yeah, th- that's what I'm talking about. You could really launch those. Yeah, because it, like, it had a little bit of weight to it. That, that, those black seams were mm-hmm. important. And then there was the Vortex, which had the wings on the other oh. side of it. Well, yeah. That was pretty cool. But you wouldn't play that in pickup football. No, no, but we use it to play 500. Oh. Yeah. We had like a baseball thing that also had a 
um, tail connected to it. Yep. And it had three different colors. And so then if you got, like, you do 500 dead or, like, dead or alive, right? Yeah, because then you can beat the person up as you're going to get the ball. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we did, oh, my gosh, we did that. And then, like, if you got it on specific parts of the tail because it had three different colors, it would mean whether or not you got more or less points or something. Yeah. Good times on the playground. Man. Yeah. How do we even get on that? Oh, I was talking about the, I brought it up. I was talking about the playground. Yeah. Good for me, Charlie. So, um, Colleen, by the way, I, you've been working on a bunch of sketches this week. Mm-hmm. You got any fun ones that you think we're going to do that you think will green light here? Let's check all of the millions of texts I've sent you that I have never gotten response back. Oh, I respond. It's just you send a lot of texts, so I can't I, respond to all of them. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. how about, um, this is based off of my own father, but uh, how dads leave voicemails. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What What are the staples of a good dad voicemail? Well, he always starts off like, hey, kiddo, or hey, Colleen, or hey, Coax. And he goes, thought I'd just check in. He always is like giving the intention of his call. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, it's about time code. Yep. <laughs> As if there's not a timestamp on the voicemail. <laughs> and then he's like, um, seems like I missed you. No mm-hmm. doubt. You're in my voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes through his day-to-day of everything that's going on that like of things that I just didn't ask about. Yeah. And or care about. But you know, one day, one day you're going to be really happy to have all those voicemails <laughs> saved on a hard drive somewhere in your life. And then you can go back and you can listen to him. When he and- dies? Is that what you're saying? Well, you know. Dad, Charlie wants you to die. That's a little morbid, I suppose. <laughs> or or just one day when he's not talking to you, you know? <laughs> yeah. What, does, does your dad or your parents leave voicemails like that? No. My dad really? doesn't. No. But I do have a, a friend who is uh, my buddy, uh, Gary. Uh, shout out to Gary. He'll always call me and he'll be like, hey, Charlie, it's 4.35 p.m. Uh, on Tuesday. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just checking in with you, you know, but the, the, the idea of saying your name and the time, yeah, you know, the most redundant information in this day and age. Yeah. I think that's a staple of like somebody who was making a lot of business calls back in oh, yeah. the nineties when that stuff wasn't around yeah. and it was your standard voicemail yep. that you would just hit the button and you didn't know what time they called. That's you know? a good point. Yeah. My dad was, a, he's a salesman, so that makes sense. He's very... That was his MO, was always doing calls on the road. And then there's the person who, like, uh, always answers their phone. Like, I got this buddy. He goes, hey, this is Dan. I'm like, Dan? Dan, I'm. do you not have caller ID? Like, did I just call your landline, Dan? <laughs> you know? Did you not see it was me calling? You know? Yeah. It just doesn't matter. Hey, this is Dan. You know, I bet his wife calls him and goes, hello, this is Dan. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, hey, can you get the groceries, Dan? You know? It's better than the way you answer. You go, what? Oh, that's not true. <laughs> or you go, yeah. No, what? I feel like the impression you're giving your audience, your our audience, audience, your audience, my audience is that I am a jackass. No, he's not. Okay. He's but not. I just have some quirks that need to be worked out. <laughs> well, we'll do some sketch about that. I do think dad's leaving voicemails is a funny one. We just got to find a couple other staples in there, like the uh, five, um, five staples of dad voicemails. We'll find it. You're probably doing this. Yeah. Like they make assumptions of what you're doing. Yeah. Every single one of my voicemails, my dad's like, you're probably busy out with friends. A <laughs> chore you forgot to do that. You think? I mean, I don't know. 
Yeah. Just thinking. I'm thinking of the voicemails that my dad has left me, hasn't left me a ton, but usually they're quick. My grandpa, Bob, used to answer the phone. Who's this? <laughs> Similar a, to you. You're yeah. getting big Grandpa Bob vibes. That's where I get it from. Yeah. That, that, was, that was fun. Sometimes I just answer the phone like that for fun, just to shout out Grandpa Bob. Who's this? I always do it when someone in my family. You yeah. Know? Anyways, enough chit chat. Well, I think that'll be a good uh, sketch. So uh, we'll figure it out this week. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's time now. We are getting to my conversation with Gilbert Brown. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How you doing? Good. It's been a minute. I'm trying to think the last time I saw you. Probably at that Packer game. Probably at that. Yeah. That What was it? Who were they playing then? Tennessee? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was back. I I think I was saying we were going to the Super Bowl uh, that night because we just got off that Cowboys run. And of course, I say we like you know I'm on the team, you know, because that's just how I do that. We are on the team. We all on the team. We still. Thank on the you. Team. So we got radio uh, shows on the same channel now. That's the deal, huh? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's a it's a pretty smooth deal. Well, let's like jump in into this um why don't we talk about your uh radio show and like uh, just so people know right away when it is and where they can find you and everything and w- what the what the show's concept is and everything okay okay we gotta talk a little aaron Rodgers too because that's the elephant in the room well we're gonna get to the aaron Rodgers. i just immediately <laughs> off the top want to off the top and off the bottom i want people let people know where they can listen to you and then right. I have many Aaron Rodgers questions, especially okay. with your uh, experience as a Packer. Now, so, yeah. I, I don't know the call numbers to the stations or anything like that. Oh. I just know that I'm on Mondays at 8, but I don't know the call numbers or anything like that. That's cool. What's the, what's the show about? Uh, the, uh, actually, the show is uh, the Earl Ingram show. The Earl yeah. Ingram show. But my segment is called Under the Helmet with the Grave Dick. Comes on Mondays, 8 a.m. drive time. We didn't nice. have several, few several guests, uh, you know, George Kuntz and Santana Dotson, those old Packer dudes. And, you know, there'll be many more surprises and different things. But it's, it's a really good show because, uh, you know, we just, we just sit around, talk a little football, talk a little life, you know, try to get away from all the crazy politics and different things, man. Just, Try to make people laugh as they go in. I know I can't make them laugh like you can, uh, but try to make them laugh before they go in on Monday. Yeah, uh, yep, yep. No, that's not true. I'm sure you can make them like you know. Sometimes I can't make them laugh at all. So you know that's how that goes too. You know, it's hit and miss on the laughs. <laughs> you know. Um. So all right. Really? Well, let, yeah, laughs is it's tough, man. Well, the nice thing with radio is uh, you don't always mm-hmm. feel it immediately if you can't make them laugh. It's not like doing, right. you know, a couple jokes in a club and having them bomb hard, you know? And then you know right away right. that didn't make anyone laugh. So that's a, that's the tough thing about doing stand-up versus radio. But um, cool. I, so, I, always, I always wanted to ask, I always wanted to ask a stand-up comedian, how long... You know, a lot of them do hours. What's the perfect time limit? What's the perfect time limit? You know, I think it depends. So a minimum, like if you're uh, booking a live show as a comedian, 
usually mm-hmm. a club or a theater would say the absolute minimum is 45 minutes. Um, and that's if you're headlining, 45 minutes is a minimum. Usually it's an hour, hour 15, something like that, but you have an opener. So somewhere around an hour, hour and a half is kind of the mean. But if you're doing like, if you're just working material out, you'll go in there and you'll do 15 minutes um, at like a, um, a showcase type show. Like when I was doing the comedy store in Los Angeles, when I was first starting out trying to figure it all out, I would do 10 minutes or eight minutes rather. So sometimes you just go up and do eight minutes and that's it, you know? Uh, and they got a whole show of a lot of people doing eight minutes. Is that what you were asking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, you know, I, I watch everybody and everybody got their different styles and different things. And I actually, I just got done watching the uh, Chris Rock special on Netflix. And I was oh. just like, okay, all them people just showed up for an hour. I know something else got to be going on. Oh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. That's interesting, right? Because if you're going to, so basically, Probably what happened there is he had an opener or two openers, an opener and a feature. So when you're doing a theater show with some that big, like in the Chris Rock special, that's usually 75 minute to 90 minute minimum uh, on time. So usually the headliner does an hour uh, and then you get two other comics, an opener and a feature goes opener first then feature then headliner so three comics and they fill in about an hour and a half but it's not much more than that because you know the thing is if you're sitting there for longer than that you kind of get tired you know right if if it's good you get tired from laughing or bored because it's not funny you know (laughs) But that's kind of the sweet spot, really. Got to get you out to a show or something, you know. Next, next. I would love to come check you out, man. Let let me let me be the uh, let me be the opener or the feature. Have you ever thought about doing that? Doing stand up yourself? Is that why you're asking? My my mama would kill me the things that come out of my mouth. (laughs) Well, you know, (laughs) yeah. But even let's say you could do like. 15 minutes of something your mom could be proud of. Would you do, Would you still do it or no? Yeah, I could do that. I could do that. I don't know how many people would laugh, but I could do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Think about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm more of, if, if I would, it'd be more of a kind of physical comedy type thing, you know what I'm saying? Or, or making fun of myself would be probably the, the main yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of self-deprecating humor. Um, that's that's always <laughs> that's always the way it goes, you know. By the way, are you a big yeah. Batman fan? Oh, I'm a big superhero fan. Period. Are you? Oh yeah. I, I, everybody either they DC or Marvel. I'm kind of like I'm in the middle. I love DC. I love Marvel. I love uh, oh, all all kinds of superhero stuff. I you got go- cars that got superheroes on them. You got cars with superheroes on them? Yes. Oh, absolutely. What yeah. kind of car? It's a, well, I should say a car, it's a van. You know, like a, I have a 1972 Dodge Tradesman that I got Ooh. all decked out Marvel versus DC. No way. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm looking up exactly yeah. what the Dodge Tradesman mm-hmm. is 
Is that one of those? Uh, I'm oh, just yeah. gonna look at it. I uh, tradesman seventy two. I gotta get the Old year school. right. Seventy two. Um, oh yeah, yeah, dude. Short bond. Yeah. How many seats are in <laughs> My that head thing? Has no window. No windows. Oh, so you oh, got no. the. No, I got it. I got it. I got to see your picture, man. I got a. I got a. It's a bed in the back. I got uh, two chandeliers. Oh wow! So do you travel with it and and um and like camp, or is this like no, a limo no, type just, thing? I, no, no, it's I like, just put it in some shows and stuff, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. I won a couple trophies, you know. It's it's, it's pretty cool, man. I got I got uh, superheroes all over the walls, and it's, yeah. it's it's a bad machine, man. That's cool. So why'd you choose the '72 Dodge Tradesman? Is there some from growing up that you remember that car, or you just found a deal on it, or? Yeah, my my uh, <clears throat> my dad uh, used to work for Chrysler, so uh, we we didn't have Chrysler Mopar in our bloods. You know what I'm saying? And when we were growing up, <clears throat> my dad would. Uh, we would all get in the car and go down to West Virginia. That's where my dad and him was from, Beckley, West Virginia. So he always had a van, and, and my uncle would have a van, and they would be in a competition of who's looked better. You know what I'm saying? Ah. So I kind of, I kind of, it kind of grew on me. So now I, I, I actually have three vans. I have a '72, I have a '75, and I have a '67. All uh, tradesmen. 67. 67 is the one with the with the bug eyes in the front. Oh yeah. Yeah, 67 is the one with the bug eyes in the front. Yeah, kind of like the uh old school VW vans. Right? Volkswagen yes, vans. Yes, similar to that. Yes. Oh, I'm looking and what at was that. What's so really cool about it was That's a yeah. cool ass car, dude. I'm looking at. I, yeah, I gotta see your. I gotta see your cars. You gotta yeah. send me some pictures of your cars. Oh yeah, I, I see some. Man, what was cool about those vans was it could be cold outside. Let's say you break that broke down somewhere or something, and it has a doghouse on it. You take the doghouse on it. Actually, you can work on the engine inside of the car, inside of the van. Really which is cool. The '67, the engine is kind of like in between the seats, though. But mine's my engine's so big in the '67, it's in the back. <laughs> so, oh, really? But it, so yeah, it's like cool. it's taking up, like car. You can't work on that one. You can work on the '67 inside the car as well. Yes, but it's behind the seats. Okay, so you pop up the seats. So those seats probably get pretty warm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's that's the first version of uh, heated seats. <laughs> Just, just put them over the engine. Yeah, I, I had an '82 Volkswagen Rabbit, little stick shift diesel, and I yeah. drove that thing all around Wisconsin. And then I brought it back, and then somebody was like, "What'd you do with that? That thing's a death trap." Because apparently <laughs> the gas tank was so low or something that it could easily like puncture and explode. And I was like, I drove that all around the state, but I, I imagine that being something like those. There was probably with that engine right below the seats. There was probably some stuff going on back then, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think they approve it now, but back yeah. then it, <laughs> it was cool, you know. That's how you heat those seats. That's great. So, what got you? That's what got you into um, collecting cars. Your dad, being um, a Chrysler guy, you grew up in uh, Detroit, yeah. Yes, Detroit, the Motor City. 
Motor City. And um, how many, how big was your family? I had uh, I had uh, 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 three brothers, two sisters. Three brothers, two sisters. Okay, yeah. so doing the math, five kids, and yeah. then uh, your mom. What did your mom do? My mom was uh, my mom was doing. Oh man, she did all kind of stuff, man. Just to just to keep everything afloat from from cleaning buildings to working at a hospital to doing everything, trying to feed five kids that look like me, man. It ain't. <laughs> It ain't easy, man. It ain't easy. But she she always made it work, man. She always made it work. That's awesome. And you know, you growing up, did you have dreams of being a a, a football star? Uh, you know, Super Bowl winning Green Bay Packer growing up, or uh, did you? Was that not your thing? Were you a Lions fan? Uh. He almost made me throw up. No, no, no. So you were never a Lions fan. Never a Lions never, fan. Never, never a Lions fan. Never. I mean, I believe that it's tough to be. A I Lions was fan. a, uh, I was a Eric Dickerson fan. So whatever oh. team Eric Dickerson was on was my team. Why, why, why him? Oh man, he just, he just like a, he was just like a stallion, man. Just a uh, six, two, just two, just, just a horse, you know what I'm saying? Just powerful. Yeah. And I just, and you know, all the fat guys back in the day, we always wanted to be running backs, but we never could. So, <laughs> so, so it was kind of like I was living my dream through him, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, uh, me personally, man, I never played uh, uh, little league football. Uh, I, I I started in high school, you know. I was I, I, I'm a I'm a devout mama's boy. You know what I'm saying? I love my mama to death. You know, she used to, if she cooking pies and cakes, I was the first one there to taste it. You know, yeah. I'm gonna yeah. be there. <laughs> and my brother one day came up to me. I was going into high school, and he said, "Hey man, you need to stop. You need to get your big butt out here, and we gonna we we you too big to be sitting in this house doing nothing." So I owe my career to my brother for making me get out there. And and when I got out there and I started running the game and liking it, I told my mom at age 14, we were sitting on the porch and uh, we was watching cars. She was tired. She did all the work. And I said, you know what, mama? I'm going to be a professional football player. I'm going to buy you a big old house and you're going to never have to work a day in your life. And after that, and my mom was like, yeah, sure, baby. But for me, that was a goal that I was not going to, miss out on i put those blinders on it was a lot of stumbles and bumps in the road but as soon as i made it first thing i did was go out there and buy my mom in that house did you how'd that feel oh man it felt the world to me because i was a i was a uh my travels didn't get it to where i I was a third round pick to some other team. I I, I just like not saying their name we won't talk about that at all we won't thank ta- you, you know, thank you yeah thank you but uh, uh, I, I poured everything I got into getting that, my mom in that house. And when I got to Green Bay, when I eventually got to Green Bay, I was living in a little old apartment called, uh, what was that apartment called? I want to say it's, it was called Dutchman's Creek. I don't know if it's there now or not. Okay. But that was my first, that was my first home in Green Bay. But I loved every minute because I know mama was living like a hog over there in Detroit. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's that that's like, you know, getting to the NFL, a lot of people think um, 
you know, you get there and then winning the Super Bowl is the dream, but it sounds like you accomplished your dream as soon as you bought that house. Which is cool. Yeah, that was that was that was that was my main objective, man, was to to get that done. And 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 not alone helping out my brothers and sisters and doing different things. It's kind of like if I made it, we all made it type thing. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did your mom say to you when when uh, you got her that house? Well, see, it, it was a little tear in her eye, you know. But mm -hmm. I'm gonna tell y'all right now, my mama can go hunting for bears with a switch now. <laughs> <laughs> she said, <laughs> "Yeah, she don't play, man." But she she really let me know, which which I I knew. Uh, uh, it warmed my heart because this, she really let me know how much she she appreciated it. But then again, you know, when you're growing up, you can't, <clears throat> the things your mom did to you to make you out to be the person you are today, you didn't understand it at the time. Mm -mm. But you understand it now because in Detroit, man, my, we had a big old gate, you know, and 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 my mama made us stay behind that gate. We couldn't go outside that gate. So the kids, it was a show on a uh, Canadian thing called the the Cell Block H Kids. I don't know. Mm. If you remember yeah, this. yeah, yeah. So everybody in the neighborhood was calling us the Cell Blocks H Kids because <laughs> you're we, sitting there at the gate. Yeah, I said, well, I tell you what, you come over here and I'll whoop, I'll whoop you. Come over here now. <laughs> But at the time, you didn't understand it, but now I do because nobody's on drugs and everybody's upstanding uh, human beings. Yeah, nobody, nobody got looped into that. Uh, it was, it was. She did a good, good job, man. That's tough. Um, yeah. So, are your siblings all still around? What, what are they up to? Yeah, yeah. My, my brothers and sister. I, I lost one brother to breast cancer. Oh, I'm you know? sorry to hear that. And yeah, and I, 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 I always preach and, and try to tell guys about going in every six months and getting your physical, man, because you yeah. never know when your time is up. And and I, and I got so mad at him because he had a growth on his chest for two years and didn't say nothing. You know what I'm saying? Oh. And, and and breast cancer is really men too, man. So you know, if you got an opportunity, please go get your six month check. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's, um, I honestly didn't know, uh, you know, guys could even get that, really. I suppose, logically, I had I thought about it long enough. But yeah, it is, it's always like, you know, years burn by quick and nobody wants to go to the doctor. But it's, um, mm -hmm. it's an important thing. Uh, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your loss. Um, Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. But uh, everyone else is... Um, Hanging yeah, out, yeah, doing the thing. Everybody else is good. I mean, my father passed away when I was uh, going into uh, my senior year of college. You know, uh, oh, really? he was a yeah, he was congestive heart failure and all that stuff. And I, and that's why I try not to be so big today. You know what I'm saying? Because it's hereditary in our family: right. high blood pressure and diabetes and all that stuff. So. And people see me today, they be like, man, you ain't like you used to be. I said, thank God I ain't like, because <laughs> really, I ain't, gotta, I ain't gotta choke nobody no more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I, need to, I need to get under so I could hang around for my kids, hopefully, and 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 they won't be at 19 looking for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I got you. I that That is a tough, 
what was it like losing your dad at at such a young age? You know, when you've got at this point, you're doing great um, over at Kansas, right? Like you you started every season. It looks like NFL coming your way, and then yep. you lose your dad. I mean, what did that throw you off your game? Did it motivate you more? It did. It did. I'm, I'm gonna tell you a quick story. I was uh, uh, going into my senior season. I was uh, the number one, kind of like in the number. Of Top five, I'm put top five defensive tackles in the country, and and one one that played with me uh, was in the top five. Dana Stubblefield went to San Francisco, and uh, that year my father passed away. Um, I was uh, driving back from Detroit to go to Kansas. So if you ever look at the '92 Kansas, uh, you know when they sit you on the bleachers and take that picture, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And, I'm not in that picture because uh, um, I had an accident on, on the way back to Kansas. And uh, they thought I was just trying to hide from not doing the running test, which is stupid. Yeah. So I did that and they put me on like fourth team. Now I'm, 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 I'm top five uh guy and they put me on fourth team they want to try to punish me you know what i'm saying and put me in a three-man rotation and all this other stuff so i had to battle through all that man i was slipping in the in the draft and all that stuff didn't tell me about it. i had to be at they didn't tell me to two days i had to be at senior bowl so i was a day or two late getting there um it was just it was just they was just running me through the ringer man but eventually you know i said you know, I wasn't a first-round draft pick, third round, but I'm going to make it work. So every time you put me on the field, I'm just crack somebody's head. And that's what happened. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty passive-aggressive of them, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, well they, had, they, had, they had three defensive tackles that was, that was awesome. It was myself, oh, okay. Dana Stubblefield, and Chris Marmolanga. He went to the Giants. You know Got what I'm saying? But yeah. So they can have a three-man rotation, so they can play with me how they want. Even though if it wasn't for me coming to the University of Kansas, they would never would have got those guys because I'm the one opening the floodgates for everybody to come in. Uh, say, oh, yeah. you got that, you got that number one. Because I was in the gym and I told Michigan and Michigan State, "Nah, I'm good. I'm gonna go to Kansas." They looked at me like, "Fool, where you going?" Kansas. <laughs> yeah. and so you know because i want i wanted a challenge man i wonder i told myself what you know not long about my mama i also told myself i'm gonna get to a bowl game and we eventually did my senior year so at that point uh i mean you know you grow up in detroit you would think that michigan or michigan state would be the natural yeah. thing so so what yeah. i don't know what the what the college football was like in those days did you were those teams they were good back then, weren't they, or weren't they? Oh yeah, Michigan was in the top hunt. They was uh, they had Bo Schembechler back then, and yeah. they was always in the top ten. But I knew Kansas told me they said, "Hey man, you got an opportunity to start if you come here." Uh, I know at Michigan, I know at Michigan they 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 normally put you on the shelf for a year, redshirt mm. you or something, let you develop more. Um, and 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 Minnesota, I went to Minnesota. I don't know why. I, w I wanted to go to Minnesota. I wanted to go to, to be a golden gopher. I don't know why. But once I got there, they put us in a room, right? And I had a homeboy there. He was about just as big as me. And we sitting in this dorm room. And I'm telling myself, I said, man, one of us fart. We going to die in this thing, man. <laughs> My God. But, but then they messed up and they said, 
oh, you will look good at offensive guard. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> they made my decision for me. I'm going to Kansas. So yeah, it's pretty cool, man. So and in Kansas, um, this is where the iconic Gravedigger celebration dance comes in, doesn't it? Absolutely. It, it's um, you know, we used to love. See, I've been fighting purple all my life. You know, Kansas yeah. State is purple, Minnesota's purple. You know, I just mm-hmm. don't. You know, so we was out, and uh, my mom came down to a game, right? So I'm out there, and we playing, and I said, you know, you got to show out for mama, you know. Yeah. So I said, I, I, I got to come up with something. So the first time I ever did the grade digger, I believe it was against Kansas State, and I made a sack, and I got up and I did it. But what happened was I swung my leg up too high, so I fell on my back, you know, as I did it. And out of 52 of 60,000 people, all I heard was my mama laughing her ass off. <laughs> and I said, oh, my God. Oh. I ain't going to ever do this again. I ain't going to ever do it again. So finally, when I got to Green Bay, I did it again and it stuck. So you only did it one time in, yep. in Kansas? Really? Yep. Were you nervous yep. doing it your first time in Green Bay? Thinking you might you fall? Know- you know what? I didn't think about it because it was such. I, I I can't remember if it was against. It was a rivalry game, and I was just so I was just so amped up. I didn't even know I did. You know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. I was just so agged up, man. Because you know, you you gotta understand something, Charlie, man. It's for real. When you out there at Lambeau Field and you get that, and I get down in my stance, you don't hear nothing. Uh, you don't. All you see is the man. If you are too play of the game. All you see is the guy in front of you. You can see his breath if it's cold out there. You can hear him breathing. You can look back behind him and see the running back. He may look your way. Because I had that dark visor on, so I'm looking at everything. You know what I'm saying? So if the running back gonna look at my hole, because he gotta look at me because he know I'm gonna tattoo his ass. So if I'm sitting there looking, and I look and I see him looking at me, I say, oh, here he come, baby. Here he come. So it's that tunnel vision. That's for real, man. And then after you make the play, then you hit a fan go, ah. I said, God, no, that's for real. It's for real, man. Yeah, yeah, it all floods in. All the fans sort of yes, flood in afterwards. Yes. Man, I remember watching you, uh, you know, I had your jersey. Um, my sister stole it, actually, from me, which is <laughs> bull. Uh, it's terrible, but that's a, that's a right. whole other story. But you were just so, like, that black visor. What went into the decision of that? Because you looked like like a superhero out there you know you looked like you looked like like yeah. a, a villain almost like the uh the yeah, um, the guy you don't want to mess with you know uh, a superhero yeah. for us but for the vikings right. for the bears for i mean you looked like such a badass and i think that yeah. black visor was a <laughs> cool part of that what what went into you getting that because no one not a lot of people had that thing no i think i think uh see everything i did was for purpose you know what I'm saying? I had that big neck roll on. It wasn't just for looks because I knew every time I pounded, I need to have something for my for my head not to, you know, go back. That I had the uh, visor on because back in college, and I wore it in uh, Kansas too, uh, I used to get poked in my eyes a lot. You know what I'm saying? So mm. I kept getting poked in my eyes and, and I started getting migraines too. So the, the thing was to stop the poking in the eye and the tent was because to keep the 
light out of my eyes so I wouldn't get migraines. But then God. again, that whole look became menacing in college, you know what I'm saying? Because I used to, in college, it, I looked the same thing, I just different colors, you know what I'm saying? But in college, I had the antennas on my head, on my helmet, so I was like, I'm focusing in on to, to knock somebody out, you know what I'm saying? And going against, going against certain guys, you know, like, because like, the 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 coach that's uh, uh just went to the Washington, Eric Bieniemy, you know what I'm talking about? He just uh, got the job with left Kansas City. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Went to, he was a hell of a running back at the University of Colorado. So we 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 had uh, uh, classic battles between him and Cordell Stewart and those type of guys at Colorado. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So you have to be menacing. To go up against those guys, so you—it's kind of like how Mike Tyson used to be. You know, he gonna talk you out the fight before you get to the fight. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? You know, he gonna—he gonna make you look at him and go, "Oh my God!" You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I gotta yeah. deal with this guy, right? So I—I I, yeah. I wanted that—that that aura, but then again, I wanted to back it up too. So mm -hmm. I, I think I did that in my play. I believe one time I remember. <laughs> we used to beat the snot out of uh, San Francisco. I, I used to love whooping on them, right? Yeah. And I looked one time, and they 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 got a guy by the name of Steve Grogan. He was like 6'8", like 400 pounds, you know what I'm saying, at the mm -hmm. time. And he was an offensive tackle. So, you know, we, we, we looking at the thing, scouting report and everything. Then we get to the game, they break the huddle, and he's at guard. And I'm like, wait a minute. I said, hey, man, <laughs> you ain't supposed to be down here. You're supposed to be over there. And he's, he was kind of, in so many words, they brought me in to block you. I said, okay. <laughs> I said, God damn. So I said, you know what? He big. I'm going to just keep pounding him till he till he relent because I ain't giving up. And that's that's just the heart of a Green Bay Packer, man. We we never quit. We never quit. What are some? What's your best memory? As a Packer, I know it's hard to pick one man, but my best memory, uh, to me that made me feel awesome was to watch Reggie run around with that that trophy. Ah, uh, yeah, that was because he he that's all he talked about, man. That's you know it was what he wanted, and we wanted to get it for him, not for just ourselves, but for him, man. You know what I mean? And and it was just so awesome to see him run around with that trophy, man, and 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 to be like a kid in a candy store. It was, it, it, people don't realize, man. We we was uh, we would come out uh, the Super Bowl and they introduced the defense, which shocked me because offense ruled the world around here. You know what I'm saying? Brett Favre and all the pretty boys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But they introduced the defense, and right before we went out, um. Reggie called us over, and I don't know if it, it's it's some film out there. And um, we were sitting there, and he and he said, "You know what? He, just me, him, Santana, and Sean. The 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 D line of the D line of Doomsday, right there. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying?" And then, and he was like, "We got to go out there, and we got to take over the game. We got let's take it in our hands to take over the game." And then we formed to get back in line. What he said to me, man, and, and then going out, getting ready, you see all those like I was crying like a little kid under my helmet. You couldn't tell. 
But I was crying like a little kid in my hand because I was like, thank you, God, for getting us here. Thank you, God, for letting me be in front of this great human being. And thank you, God, for giving me the strength to go out here and whoop somebody's ass. That's what yeah. I want to do. Yeah, it's it's so funny, <laughs> dude. Thinking about that helmet, that visor, and there's tears in your yeah. eyes. You know, yeah, man. That, yeah, that's that's a good thing though. You can't see where you're looking, can't see if you're crying. You know, yeah. folks. Summer is almost here. I guess it's still spring. Either way, you're going to need to feel so fresh and so clean. I guess you can do that in any month. But the way you should do it is Jolly Good Soap. That's right. The makers of your favorite soda, Jolly Good Soda, have come up with a line of soaps. We got Jolly Good Cherry Cream Soda, Orange Grape. Boy, they smell so good. If you want to show up to a date smelling like mm, a nice orange soda, well... Jolly Goods got you covered. <laughs> Check them out, jollygoodsoda.com. It's also where you get the greatest soda. And by the way, these soaps, handmade in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Ooh. Shout out to them. Ope, it's soap. It's Ope, it's soap. And folks, the best way to support the Cast, head on over to cripescast.com. Click on the merch section. We've got shirts, hoodies, koozies, cards, bottle openers, you name it, we got it. Unless we don't, then, oh, sorry, Jeez Louise will work on it. Check us out, cripescast.com. And also, find us on Patreon, where you get extended cuts of the episode, and you also get behind-the-scenes footage. You want to see me warm up before my doing my first pitch? You can check that out there. We just posted um, a video of Charlie's behind-the-scenes footage at... His photo shoot. So if you want to go see him posing like Derek <laughs> Zoolander, Blue Steel. We were doing some fun stuff it there. It looks great. So go head over there or patreon.com slash Charlie Barons. Thank you very much. Yep. All right. Back to the Cripes cast. What kind of an inspiration you bring up God to and Reggie, you know, obviously being a, a pastor himself and such a man of uh, God, what influence uh, maybe did he have on you and the team spiritually? God, uh, Reggie, Reggie was was a was a uh, a human being that you just fell in love with. You know what I'm saying? Um, he didn't push it on you. Mm -hmm. He wasn't gonna push it on you, but he would say stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like he would walk through the locker room and say, "Hey, God, gonna put in that vi videotape. He gonna play it. it. It depends on what you put on that videotape when he <laughs> when he call you up there. You know what I'm saying? You gonna go to the gates, or they gonna see you downstairs now?" Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it was just, but he was so funny, man. It was, and 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 he had the the knack of being a true leader. I mean, the first time we went up to place Frisco in 95, nobody gave us a chance to win. And uh, he made all of us sit down as a defense and watch tape. We're going to figure out how to beat these guys because they was a juggernaut. Red, uh, 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 who they had? Jerry Rice, all them boys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Waters and stuff, and uh, we figured out that all we got to do is be physical. Just, just be physical. Just be relentless. Don't. And and Reggie led the charge, man. So being having him, and and it's funny how being a leader. I mean, one time we was in Arizona. It was so hot, man. I was melting. I swear, I, I, if you stand next to me, you was gonna smell bacon. That's how <laughs> hot it was out there. So, so I'm sitting there, right. And I'm burning up, man. And and I got my hands on my knees and I'm tired. And I look down the line and they go, Reggie, 
standing there, tall, with his hands on his on his hips. I said, God, dog. So I had to stand up tall, put my hands on <laughs> but that's called leading by example too, man. You don't have to lead by running your mouth. You can also lead by example because you want to be like greatness. You know what I'm saying? The first time I got to Green Bay, Reggie White walked through the 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 uh, uh, locker room, and I stuck to him like a sponge, man, because I want to be like that. I don't mm-hmm. care what you say, what you do, because I know that to me. He's the best defensive lineman to ever put his hand in the dirt, period. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like when you follow that and when you uh, sort of follow in his footsteps like that, were there times where, like, you screwed up and he let you know it? And if so, how did he let you know it? He didn't. He didn't. He, if you messed up, because I think, I think that he remembered back in Philly. He looked at me like he looked at Jerome Brown. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Back in Philly. Jerome Brown passed away, by the way. God rest his soul. But he was an awesome nose tackle that pushed the rat. We call the quarterback the rat. You know what I'm saying? The so rabbit. Okay. If I don't push the rabbit out of the hole, Sean and Reggie don't eat. Ah. I got to push the rabbit out the hole so they can eat. Yeah. Because if I don't, all he's going to do is sit in the pocket and let the guys block for him. I got to push the rabbit out the hole. So that's when people tell me, why you why you only had seven sacks your whole career? Number one, I was a pretty awesome sack dude in playoff time. They just yeah. don't record that, number one. Number <laughs> two, I got Reggie White over here with 200 sacks. I got Sean Jones over here with like 140 sacks. Santana, Santana Dyson right here with almost 100 sacks. How in the hell I'm going to get one sack? <laughs> <laughs> So my job was to chase the rabbit out of the hole and get the and and, and, and uh, stop the run. That was yeah. my job. Fritz called us. Fritz called Fritz Shermer. I love him to death. Awesome uh, defense coordinator and 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 uh, he he used to call us three oaks and a stump. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out like so Fritz, who's the stump man? You know what I'm saying? Because I was the shortest defensive lineman we had at six two and a half. Everybody else, Sean was like six eight. Santana like 6'5", Reggie like 6'5", 6'6". So here I come in at a measly 6'2 and a half, but I was a bad man. I was a bad man. (laughs) So you were the stump, though. Right. Yeah, I ended up being a stump, right, right. So that's your your sort of favorite memory. What of, like, roughly on the field, Reggie running around with the trophy? Do you have any... um, funny off the field stories with some of your buddies or any, uh, anything that comes to mind, good memory like that. Well, most of the stories I can't say on the radio. I figured, I figured. On the thing, I don't want to get nobody <laughs> in trouble, but I, I can tell you this though. Back, back at Super Bowl, Super Bowl, we had the number one offense, the number one defense, and the number one special teams across the board. And we, as a defense, was getting tired about how everybody talking about the offense, how great they are, how good mm-hmm. Brett Favre is, how awesome is Edgar Bennett, Dorsey Levins, and all <laughs> these guys, right? So we sit up there like, what about us? Yeah. What about the guys where every time this, this clown 
Brett Favre throw these interceptions. We got to go out there and get it back. What about us, right? So we used to get pissed off. So you know how you, you, you if you got a brother, you got that sibling rivalry, you know what I'm saying? We, we, yeah. we don't fight sometimes, but at the end of the day, we love each other, you know? Yeah. I think Mike Holmgren capitalized on that. So every Thursday, see, y'all missed the best games ever. Every Thursday, it would be ones versus ones in certain uh, situations. Uh-huh. <laughs> the only thing you couldn't do was don't touch Brett Favre. If you touch Brett Favre, we got an apple on the roadmap, and then you out the door. Oh, wow. They don't care who you are. But everybody else was full go. So now we get to hit the pretty boys. We get to hit the pretty boys <laughs> in the doors I get to beat the snot out of Frankie Winders now. I get to get it. Yes. Yes. It's awesome. And I'm telling you, man, and, and, and I'm telling you, it was the most competitive because Brett would get us sometimes. And then we would get Brett in them sometimes. Leroy was a master. Leroy yeah. Butler was a master. He, he would call the play out. We just we didn't care what else was that. We run into that play. You know what I'm saying? And then Brett would see that. So them two playing a chess match, we all the little pawns and things. <laughs> you know, but they going back and forth. It was, it was so but I'm gonna tell you this. On Sunday, after you just went up against the number one offense. How in the hell is the Chicago Bears going to do something? Well, they're not. They're not. How in the <laughs> hell is Minnesota going to do something? Because we just went up against the number one offense in the league. Now we about to beat the snot out of y'all on Sunday. Yeah. That's what got us so that what got us so ready, so hyped, man. So there was the fun times that you guys missed because sometimes we can't say who did what, who did what, but we know who the real champion was. <laughs> we know, but if we can't tell y'all. Yeah, yeah. If only they filmed those, that would be oh great. Oh, my God. There's some film somewhere. They just won't release them. Is there in the vaults at Lambeau Field somewhere? I'll have to go find <laughs> right. that. I'll right. have to go find that. So now we're going to fast forward a bit to uh, Packers today. What's going on with the Rodgers uh, situation? What's your hot take on that? You, you, you know what, man? I I I love Aaron Rodgers. I I do. I I consider him a homeboy. I consider him a friend. I, I and fans fans got to learn that they got to let go. They yeah. got to let go. He gonna be back. He gonna be back. He gonna retire as a Packer. I guarantee you that. Yeah. But right now we gotta let him go. We all gotta get on the Jordan Love train. The love yeah. train. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love train. You gotta get on the Jordan Love train, man, because I I I look at I look at what they're doing upstairs and and and, and at 1265. We gotta push him away. He he he's he has distracted this team so much. We gotta let him go because now we gotta get our quarterback ready. Yeah, yeah. Now we gotta get our we gotta get the pieces. See, a lot of guys uh uh restructured their contract thinking that this fool was going to come back. Yeah. So, you know the Green Bay Packers ain't going to get that money back to these guys, Aaron Jones, Bakhtiari, all these guys are restructuring because they restructured to free up money so they can get help for Aaron Rodgers so we can make another run. They didn't do that. So, now... He's holding up the process of going through the Jets. Well, we want the first round, this, that, and other. We got to make sure we got to free up this money. Man, let him go. 
Whatever it is you can get for him, get for him, let him go. Let's get our boy ready to go with the ammunition because behind the scenes, the Jets done signed uh, uh, Lazard. I yeah. heard they signed Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, God. So they getting their stuff together. Uh, your boy from Dallas is, is running around talking about he might go to the Jets. Um, Ezekiel Elliott. They really? might have a powerhouse team over there. Yeah. And we're still sitting over here messing around, waiting till he leave, letting all these great uh, – because uh, we need some veterans on this team. And we got too many young guys. Yeah. And if you remember – Going to win the Super Bowl, we have veterans like Reggie White, different guys like that. When they went back in, uh, what was it, 2010? Yeah. They had veterans like Charles Wilson and different guys like that. you got to get those bona fide veterans in there to help take the heat off of Jordan Love, man. Right, right. You know yeah, yeah. I mean, for a uh, young – I mean – this is similar, obviously, to the whole Brett Favre situation, the transition there. Do you see, uh, and you obviously um, had a, a very in-depth knowledge of Brett Favre and, you know, the upper, uh, upstairs management or whatever you want to call it then. Do you see parallels between this and that, or is this a completely different situation? You know what, man? Quarterbacks are sensitive. <laughs> they are real sensitive, man. I mean, how are you going to get mad because they drafted another quarterback? You're right. How are you going to get mad about that? Man, I, did I get mad when they drafted Santana or when I got Santana Dodson or when I got somebody to play behind me that they probably think it was going to take over for me? No, that's the law of the jungle. Mm -hmm. How are you going to get mad about that? You know what I'm saying? No matter how good he is, you got to be confident in your game. Yeah. So I don't care who you get. I'm still the dog of the house. This is right. my yard. You got to come in my yard and take it from me. You see what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Yep. And then again, this is what blows my mind, though. And I, I there's two things, like I said, about, like, let's say about Brett Favre, for instance. He went to the Minnesota Vikings at the end of the day, went to the Jets and Minnesota Vikings. Yep. I, lo I love me some Brett. I love him to death. But when he went to the Vikings, I did not cheer for him. I wanted everybody to take his head off. <laughs> to this day, to this day, when I play pool, there's a purple four ball on the table. <laughs> I hit that ball first. I want to, I, I'm hitting it first, dog. Even if you're stripes, you're hitting that <laughs> one in. <laughs> I'm going to tear it up, man. So then, so everybody, I mean, at the, but you can understand, and it's kind of like I try to tell people, the, the Green Bay Packer organization, let's say it's a car. Mm -hmm. You got either Mike Murphy or Gouda, Gouda what's the name? Gouda Kiss, what yeah. his name is. Yeah, close enough. Driving the car, okay? Do you get, and this car just hit somebody, okay? Do you get mad at the car, which is the organization for, the, the best organization in the world, or do you get mad at the driver? Mm -hmm. You got to look at it like that. You see what I'm saying? So then I get up here and then we, we switch to Aaron Rodgers. How in the hell can you say I am arguably the best Green Bay Packer ever? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is, this is what, I, I love him, but this is where if he was standing next to me, I'd, I'd slap him. Yeah. Because... <laughs> Because how could you say that? That's just like, if I was to say that, I'd be getting death, death threats in my email. 
Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. How could you say that? Because if if you look at the numbers of Brett Favre, you look at the numbers of Aaron Rodgers, they they pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. The only thing Brett got, I mean, the only thing Aaron got over Brett right now is the interceptions. Number one. Number two, Brett had two Super Bowl appearances. Aaron Rodgers only had one. Yeah. Bart Starr, before they took championships, turned into Super Bowl. They got 13 last time I checked. Yeah. Bart Starr got two Super Bowls last time I checked. I mean, I mean, you put all these, let's say you put Ray Nitschke, Hell of a linebacker. Uh, Jerry Kramer, Leroy Butler, Reggie White, Brett Favre. Uh, uh, put all these people in the bowl. Don Hudson. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Put all these people in the bowl, right? Now you're going to move all them names aside and you're going to pull out Aaron Rodgers? Come on, man. Yeah. You can't say that. You can't I, say that. I actually didn't. Um, Maybe I haven't been paying close attention. I didn't see he said that. When did he say that? He said that on the Pat McAfee show. Oh, really? See, and he said he said arguably I'm the best Green Bay Packer of all time. Well, and that's not we're for arguing him to about tell. it. <laughs> that's not for him to say though, right? That's no. for the fans to say. Yeah, that's for your teammates to say. How can you? How can you? How can you? I mean, and and you didn't do it by yourself, homeboy. Right. You did it with. You did it with people that 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 would die for you just like you would die for them right but you're better than them come on come on man yeah no i think i think that there's um yeah there's a lot of that ego in there that kind of gets gets in the way you know quarterbacks man quarterbacks (laughs) well was brett uh, was brett that way did he have some of that Brett, I mean, that's what I'm saying, man. You can't compare. You know, it's kind of like Jordan and LeBron. Right. You trying to see who the goat is. Yeah, yeah. And I always say, if you want to, if you really want to see who the goat is, you got to not long put the numbers into the game. You got to put the play into the game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Brett, yeah. Brett, 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 and and Aaron Rodgers are two. The only thing I see that they are, my, I can, I can, which is crazy. I can close my eyes and I can listen to Brett's cadence and I can listen to Aaron's cadence and they sound exactly the same. Uh, if I open my eyes, I'm like, oh, that's Aaron playing. That's not Brett playing. Yeah. You know yeah. It's, it's crazy how stuff trickles down. But now Jordan Love is just a whole different athlete. You know what I'm saying? He's a whole different monster. And you got to understand that Brett, Brett, they call him the gunslinger for a reason. He he didn't care. He he ran across that line. He, he didn't stay behind that line and just throw the ball. He gonna make you guys respect him and do whatever. Now Aaron Aaron was Aaron's a pocket passer. He throws. He throws. He throws. He goes out unless he got to to get that first down. Right. They're two totally different guys. And then you coming up with Jordan Love, totally different. Some guy asked me the other day, uh, "Is he gonna be uh, like?" Uh, uh, What's Justin? Uh, uh, what's the kid in uh, Chicago? Uh, Fields or or, oh, yeah. or or the guy in Philly? I said, man, he's a whole different monster than those guys. Those guys are built to throw and run. Period. Yeah, throw and run. Jordan Love is a different cat from them. Just just because, and I hate to say it, just because he's black, he ain't the same as these guys. Yeah. Each one of those guys bring a different thing to the table. So you can't lump him into these other two guys because he's a different monster. 
Yeah. What do you think is Glove's uh, best asset? Being able to see the whole field, you know? Yeah. But but the thing is, Love is coming in under the gun, man. Because if Aaron Rodgers struggled with these guys that he had last year, what you think is going to happen with Jordan Love? Right. They need to get that. And I, I heard they, they all... Uh, they're all getting together now, starting to go to work, which is good. Get y'all asses together. Let's go to work. But then again, he's still I, – I, I think if they lose both their tightness, because Tanya went to Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what you're saying about needing some veterans in there, you know? Yes, man. I, I think Lewis is leaving too, I think. I think he might go to the Jets. So yeah. he is – He is. Gutekis got to – he got to – Get that taste out of his mouth and get this boy some help because you setting him up. You, if you don't do anything, get this bring in off the draft. You setting this young kid up for failure. Yeah, you know, and here's, uh, you know, obviously uh, what goes into that is they've spent a lot of money on Rogers. Rogers leaving, they're trying to get that money back, as you mentioned before. Here's my question: what What's it like if you're a quarterback and you're demanding? X amount of million dollars, so much money that there's going to have to be restructuring of other people's contracts. How do you walk into a locker room with everybody looking at you, knowing that, you know, their pockets a little lighter because you demanded such a, a, a contract is, do you lose the locker room a little bit when you do that? Or do people understand this is part of the game? See, see, this, this is what uh, cracks me up is that we knew this from day one. A quarterback is a quarterback, even in high school, college, pro. They demand certain things. So it's it's, it's already understood how a quarterback gonna be. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? A first first if 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 he, first of all, he get all the girls, even in the ugly, he get all the girls. <laughs> He's supposed yeah. to be the smartest guy on the field. He's supposed to be the most courageous guy. Right. You're taking that from high school all the way up to pro, it's all that ego gets you to this point where I'm the man, everything else under me is, is expendable, mm -hmm. which it is. I'm expendable. You know, that. why is it so much emphasis on keeping the quarterback alive and everybody else can go down? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, chop yeah. Block, I think chop blocks should be allowed, uh, this outlaw period, because it takes, it shortens our career. When somebody just coming back and you don't see them, they just take your knees from under you. Yeah. But for a quarterback, oh my God. If you fall at his feet, that's five yards. That, that, that we're gonna throw the flag. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, the coaches used to tell us, say, um, even if you don't get the sack, fall at his feet. Swipe at the quarterback. You can't do that nowadays because they'll throw a flag on you. You see what I'm saying? It's different from when I played to now. So yeah. To, to for me, it will feel bad to be that quarterback, knowing that I'm walking in this locker room and this dude had to give up some money to keep me here. But guys are unselfish because they want to win. So you do it because you want to win. And you know, if you got him at the helm, that's a sacrifice you got to make because we got to win. Now, yeah. if he was a bum, I'd be like, 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 bum. Then I'll be pissed off. I ain't getting that. I ain't getting that. Uh, no, I ain't doing that. That's my money. He sucks. Yeah. Until you get somebody in here, you know. But Aaron Rodgers, what, three full-time MVP? Of course you're going to do that because you want to win. 
It ain't all about for some guys. It ain't all about the money. It's about winning a championship, man. And that's that's furthermost on your mind. Um. Okay. So now, also, you've been out of the NFL. What? Oh three, right? Oh three. You was you oh four. Yeah. Oh three. Oh four. Um. What's what's it been like being out of the league? I mean, you were such a physical player. You were like you were in the, you know in the thick of it every time you were on the field, probably one of the more, you know, contact prone positions, you know, mm. always taking hits, always giving hits, um, mm. huge hits. Is, is that something that like affects you today? Do you have any health issues because of it? And um, is there anything you, you know, regret from, the the were you like man maybe I should have done some less hits so like this part of my body didn't hurt so much like how do you feel now being out of it uh I can't do math but almost 20 years now you you know what man it's oh my god it's tough man um I, I always tell everybody man football is in my DNA mm -hmm. it's 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 uh I, I think I've proven it so many times of not taking bigger paychecks I love Green Bay. I would have never left Green Bay. I, 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 I don't care how much amount of money it was. I would never left because it was me. It was home for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the crazy part about it is, man, I love this game so much. To this day, when I go out in summertime and I smell the grass being cut and it's hot, and and then I'm it's, it, I, my body gets to twitching, man, because it's it, football was everything, man, and it was so hard. I, I always tell everybody, sixty thousand people ain't cheering for me when I'm taking out garbage on Wednesday. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I got to do something to 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 fill the void, and it's hard, man, because you know on that football field, man, I could choke you. And not go to jail. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I can't yeah. do that now. If I do right. that now, I'm gonna go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's 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 being you know, you try you try you try to live it through your kids and you try to do things, but sometimes I can't watch football because they're doing it wrong or or this guy is doing this, that, the other. It's very hard to accept being able not to play anymore. You know what I'm saying? You 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 go and you see the guys that got the CTE and it's and it's and it's um and and, and and I hate to say it's they're killing themselves, man, because they don't have that anymore. And their mind is not speaking to them right. You see what I'm saying? Who's that? And, I, I'm I'm who's not who are you talking about right now? I'm just talking about guys that got the that got the CTE. Oh, got the CTE. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I don't, I, I don't, I, and and it's like because sometimes it crossed my mind. What is my purpose here anymore? If I can't play football, why am I here? Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's how much it gets you wrapped up, man. And, 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 and knowing that back when I was playing, if you get a, a concussion, it's a, it, right now it's a week off. You got to go through concussion protocol. Mm -hmm. Back when I was playing, we get a concussion. That's a stinger. Take two plays off and get your butt back in there. Ah, uh, it's the same thing. I asked the doctor the other day. I said, "Did the brain change from 1923 to now?" 
I don't yeah. think it has. <laughs> so why is it so important then what you knew now to, to back when we were playing? You see what I'm saying? Right. But, but knowing all that, man, and, and as stupid as I am, I wouldn't change a thing. Because mm. that's how much I love the game so much. Yeah. And how do you um how do you deal with that then being out the game? It's hard, man. I, I still I still can't. I, I still I still I still got problems with it. I mean, I try to I got my foundation does uh, 156 different children's chairs. That keeps me busy. I gotta stay busy, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I gotta do something. I mean, even when your mind's at rest when you're trying to sleep. It's still hard, man, but you gotta you gotta figure out because it took up so much of your life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It took up it, it, it brought great memories and great friends and and different situations. And it, it, it I, I tell you, Charlie, it's so hard, man. I'm still going through it right now, man. Yeah. What what helps? What helps? Aside for the foundation, what what helps when you when you can't do My anything? Cars. My cars, your cars, my yeah. cars, man. You know, I, I mean, I can I can work on my cars and I, I I tinker with them and I can break an engine down, put it back together, um, go out. You know, sometimes, man, when you it helps me so good that while I'm driving, I ain't even got no music on. I'm just yeah. listening to the engine, ah, uh, with the windows down. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That's that's I my do. therapy, man. That's that's what helps me. You know, I, like I say, I, I'm a big collector of different things and. And 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 I, I do that, and I I I I'll put so many statues together or whatever, and then I'll, I'll I'll go look at my comic book collection or whatever, just putting stuff in. Oh, it's something that has to be done every day because you cut, you know, just trying to say, okay, this is a nineteen whatever, and this is that. So it keeps me busy, man. It keeps my mind going. I had a Dodge. I went and bought it with my grandpa. We went. We found it on Craigslist. The Dodge 1984 Dodge Rampage, the one with the they didn't make them for very long. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it was yeah. like, like it had the truck bed in the back, but yeah. it was a sedan, like the El Camino. Yeah. There, man, yeah. that's a cool car, dude. As a four a stick shift, four on the floor. Yeah, uh, it yeah. was cool. It was cool. Yeah. I now think, I think uh, I think every mostly every car I got. Not mostly. Uh, my dad had, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's kind of yeah. like it's kind of like my dad used to drag race, and he had he used to drag race a 1971 uh, Plymouth Road Run. Oh, the beat beat this this so yeah. I, had, I finally I couldn't I couldn't find the one he had. I'm pretty sure it was gone, but I found one in the same color, same everything. But then another one come up, so I bought that one. So now I got two. 1971 Dodge, uh, I mean, uh, Plymouth Road Runners in my collection. And I'm sitting there and then people always ask, well, you got two. I said, well, I got that one, but this one is 10 times better. So I got this one. So I had to keep both of them. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, I thank the Lord that I can do that, though. I thank the Lord. Do you you race yourself? Yeah, but not, I I shouldn't be doing what I should be doing, but I'd be doing it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Do you get uh I I think I remember didn't you do some at Elkhart Lake at one yeah, point? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I used to do some stuff there. I used to do some stuff at uh uh Milwaukee Mile and I did uh and I did a, a couple of races at Slinger. Yeah, you like that? You got any interest in doing that again or no? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, Slinger scared the mess out of me a little bit, you know. I is Slinger, yeah. The the that's the um the off road one, yeah. No, no, it's 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 a crazy track because the banks are crazy and it's one little. It, it, the, I feel like the straightaway is about this long. Yeah, you know and then you're going into a break again. So it, it was, you know what? You know, the first time I ever raced, right? I get out there on the Milwaukee Mile. And we take off. I'm flying. So I'm behind the car trying to get this drift. And then it dawned on me. It dawned on me. Hey, man, none of these cars got brake lights. I better back off. Oh, yeah. You don't know. I better back off this dude if I tear him up or something, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think because I did it once. Uh, I took my rabbit and I raced it against a sport mod. Um, Okay. Yeah. And, um, obviously I lost, but Mm. I was on that track, but yeah, that's something like, that's the skill of it, of knowing like, you know, for your average person, just looking at the race and they're like, Oh, you just drive around in a circle, you know, but, um, there's a lot of skill in that. I challenge anybody to get out there. I challenge anybody to get out there. Cause you you got a lot of armchair dudes, you know. Oh, yeah. come, man, I I can used to do what you do. Make the okay, go on out there and let me see you make a tackle with two guys big as you blocking you. Let me see you do that, homeboy. Yeah. Let me see. Yeah. Let me see. And just kind of like, I mean, I tell you, because the banks, the curves, the being able to know when to put it on and take it off or get outside to make the pass. You gotta be a you gotta be a smart individual and an individual with balls to do that. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yes, sir. Um, before I, I we're overtime. I want to respect OT. your time. OT. What's that? I said it's overtime. OT. OT. It's OT. OT. Before we go, I just want to talk about your foundation and all the charity you work you've done over the years because. It's been so significant, and as you say, it's been a big part of your retirement life. And uh, what inspired it, and what what are you doing now with it? Well, my my foundation is the Gilbert Brown Foundation. You look at it at uh, GilbertBrownFoundation.org. We got 156 different children's charities. We started with one, went to two, got up to like 30. Another, And in my, my foundation, uh, people come and say, man, don't take no more. Don't take no more. And then a little kid come up to me and crying. There go 31. There go 32. Mm -hmm. And I tell him, hey, man, you tell him no. I can't Mm -hmm. tell him no. You know, so I'm up to 156. uh, uh, And then we and we uh, do stuff for uh, Make-A-Wish and and St. Jude and and, uh, inner city kids. I do a big football camp in Milwaukee. Uh, I'm trying to get that started back. I was doing it for like 12, 13 years before. Uh, COVID hit and then COVID hit. So now I'm trying to get it all back together. Uh, we do a lot of things that people don't know about. We pay for funerals. We do, um, it's, it's all kind of crazy, especially in the city, man. And uh, I, I tell you, I got Miss uh, Lori Severson. She's a godsend to me. She uh, she runs my foundation, man. You know, she yeah. put me in front of a lot of people to help me do the things I do. Uh, Waco Campground Association, name a few. Uh, and and I, I go I go fundraising throughout the summer, man. You know, and it's a great time because it's two things happening. I can we all had this thing in the locker room like never tell your teammate no. Mm-hmm. So I call guys. 
to help me. You know, I call Santana. I call George Coots. I call Leroy Butler. I call Dorsey Levis. I call Armand Green. And these guys come a-running. But the thing is, is, man, we having that fellowship like we used to do in the locker room. That camaraderie that we used to have. You know, ain't nobody getting paid. Ain't nobody doing nothing, man. But we having a great time. So, of course, they going to come. Because if I got three or four guys, man, that's we're going to just chop it up. Why are we doing stuff for these kids? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it's, 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 it's helping all of us soothe that missing part of our life that we can't get back anymore. But also helping these kids and helping these kids be uh, more of, of something that's going to help them get across or over the top. You know what I mean? And I enjoy that. But I enjoy and, and not looking for nothing in return. The thing I'm looking in for return is a smile. Yeah. That is my reward. You see what I'm saying? That's my reward. And 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 sometimes I gotta give them tough love. You know what I'm saying? You know, if I'm doing a football camp, you ain't gonna come in here with your pants hanging down off your your, your butt. You ain't gonna have no do-rags and earrings. No, all they gotta come out, homeboy, if you're gonna be out here. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because you know, you gotta give because half these kids don't have a father at home. You become their father, and those three days, man. Well, I'm, I'm, I may be yelling and, and all this other stuff and everything, but that last day, I'm down there crying because I don't want to see them leave, and they crying because they don't want to leave. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? That's how much impact it is. But here's the, here's the, here's the harsh thing about it, Charlie. If I, if I tell a kid, all right, now, 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 next year when I come back, you better be bigger, stronger, faster. And let's say his name is Billy. Mm-hmm. Next year when they come back, and I'm like, where's Billy at? He gone, coach. I mean, what do you mean he gone? Where'd he go? He's gone. You see what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. That's the harsh reality of it, man. So, I mean, you it's, it's the good and the bad about the whole thing, man. But thank the Lord that I can help at least one person. Yeah, man. Well, it's, it's incredible uh, work you're doing. And thank you for it. And, you know, let me know if I can uh, help in any way as it comes. Appreciate and, it. Um, yeah, that's really great. And it, it's so much fun talking to you. It's it's really an honor for me to talk to you, man. I I, I grew up wanting to be a wide receiver. So, you know, <laughs> I, but I, 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 like I said, I had your jersey. I did hey, the. Charlie, I used to drive back into coverage now. So when those oh, cute little, yeah. little t- wide receivers come by, I try uh-huh. to tear their head off too now. <laughs> That's true. That's it's true. Fun, man. It's fun. I miss it. I miss it. Oh, man. Well, you're very loved in, in Wisconsin, and thank you for what you do, man. And I'm excited for a uh, new radio deal you're doing, and uh, we'll have to do this in person sometime. Uh, or go fishing. You go fish, don't you? Oh yeah, I love fishing, man. I'm 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 a, I'm an old country boy, man. I, I I love fishing and 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 just being outdoors, man. I really do. Yeah, it's so uh, being outdoors. I, that's my favorite thing, man. I feel like that that's healing in a thousand different ways. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, we'll we'll find um, some time to do something. We'll do this again, you know. And uh, I hope to see you around. And let me know if you have any events um, coming up. I know there was one we were going to do that my schedule is just a little messed up. But you right. know, if if you know if you got stuff, I, I would love to do something with you again. So appreciate that, Charlie. Thanks, man. 
All right, my man. We'll talk to you soon. I appreciate you. Thanks, man. Appreciate the time, man. All right, folks, that is it for another episode of the Cripes Cast. Make sure you follow Gilbert Brown on Twitter. That's at Gilbert Brown. Follow the Gilbert Brown Foundation. You can just go to gilbertbrownfoundation.org. Check out some of the great stuff that they have rocking and rolling. And, uh, yeah, thank you all for listening. Follow us at Cripes Cast anywhere you get socials. Patreon.com slash Charlie Barons. And, Colleen, did I forget anything else? Uh, if you have any other, I don't know, cribescast.com is our website. So if you have any inquiries, I don't know, go there. Yeah, go there. If you have someone you think we should interview, yeah. if you have suggestions for the show, we'd love to hear it. Leave um, reviews, leave comments. Um, we It really does help us. We've had quite a few guests that have been directed by fan suggestions. So um, this podcast is really about reflecting what people want to hear. So let us know what you're interested in and we'll definitely... Take that into account and see what we can do about it. Absolutely. And shout out to executive producer, the Krebs cast, Kelly Maraca. Shout out to Hannah Milos for editing, doing such a great job (laughs) every week, editing out the stuff that makes me look bad. I appreciate you, Hannah. And all of you, we love you so much. Keep her moving. Watch for deer. So roll out the barrel and get the band brewing. Life's got you down. Just keep her moving. It's on Wisconsin, the Badgers say it's the old Wisconsin Jubilee. You know, sometimes when you're ice fishing, you put your foot in the walleye hole and go ass over tea kettle and you think you're done. No, you gotta keep her moving. 